All right, the Lord is good. All right, let's take our declaration, as we always do, and then we'll take our seats and begin to study. Are we ready for that? Yes, sir. Now, let's do robustly. One, two, let's go. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I've been filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. Amen. God has a special word for you today. Amen. And you will receive yours in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. And let's start um, from the book of um, Psalms. I want us to read a particular psalm to start this. Let me read Psalm 34. Please follow me in your Bibles. Psalm 34 is where we are going to start. I will read from verse 1 all the way to 10, 11. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Please notice that verse 3 very well. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. And delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant. And their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. That will be your testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. Say, so the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For to those who fear him, there is no want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Amen. I want to pray for you today that you will, you will fear the Lord. Amen. You will seek the Lord. Amen. And you will not lack any good thing. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Alright. Now, what do I want to teach today, I think I'm going to begin for a few days, remind us, of course, <laughs> I'm not trying to invent anything new to teach, just have to remind the people of God of the things that they know already. There are just two things that will keep you as a child of God. The provision that God made for you is in just two areas. One is called the name of the Lord. The other one is the promises of God. Quicken me according to thy word, David will say. Those are the two things that will keep you. Those are the two things that you must focus on. The name of the Lord. If you read Proverbs chapter 18, let us open to that briefly. The book of Proverbs chapter 18, I'll read verses 10 and 11. Verse 10 is actually what we want, but 10, um, verse 11 will help us. Now what I'm doing today is washing our feet. Amen? Amen. What do I mean by washing feet? Jesus 
when he was going towards the feet of the disciples, Peter protested. He bowed down and began to wash their feet. And Peter said, never. That's not going to happen. I will not let that happen. And Jesus said, if you don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. Peter said, if that's what it takes to have in you, then not only my feet, then you have to just wash me from the top to my feet. All right? And Jesus said, that will not be necessary. Anyone that's had a bath is clean already, so does not need any other thing washed but his feet. What does that mean? Now, as a believer, when you have been cleansed by the power of the blood of Jesus, and then you begin to pay attention to the word of God. Now, the principle behind washing of feet, let me just really remind us what really used to happen, is that if you get to a house, all right, there will be, these days we have foot mats, right, to wipe your feet. Then they didn't wipe feet, they washed feet, all right? Because the roads were not paved, dust everywhere. So when you move about, your feet will get dusty. Even if you had a bath in the morning. By the time you get to where you are going, your feet will be dusty. So when you are going into your home, usually there's somewhere near, or somebody's house, near the door, where your feet can be washed. And, of course, for rich people, they had servants who did the feet washer. I hope you're getting my point. Usually... It's not, the, it's not the type that cooked. If you are rich, and you, you know, it's the lowest job in the house. So you're washing the feet of people coming into the house. So that was why Peter didn't like the idea of Jesus washing his feet. But the, the principle behind it is that as a Christian, as you go around every day, your feet keep getting dirty. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. But your spiritual feet will keep getting dirty. So you have to be washed every day, feet-wise now. That is, you go out, you hear bad news. They corrupt your heart a bit. That's feet getting dirty. Then the feet have to be washed again with the washing of water by the word. It's nothing new that you are learning, but you have to be reminded. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, because what people do every day, and we're going to talk about it again, is that, where did we read just now? Psalm what? 34, right? Yes. Uh-huh. You see, it said, magnify the Lord with me. Do you remember that? Now, what people do every day is that they magnify something else. And so I want to remind us again, please, don't fall for it. Now, you can't help hearing it. You can't help being tempted by it. You can't help actually being swayed by it slightly. But you must correct yourself regularly and bring yourself back to having clean feet. Can I use that expression? Yes. You must return to having clean feet. How? By the washing of water, by the word. You are getting the point. All right, so that's what happens. The world is always trying to misguide us, misdirect us. Now, I want to remind us that our safety in life is found in just two things. Our provision in life is found in just two things. Our long life is found in just two things. Whatever blessing you want in life is found in just two places. Actually, it's one. Okay, but let's just make it look like two because sometimes it looks like that in the scriptures. Number one is in the name of the Lord and number two is in the promises of God. That's all. Anything that God wants to give you, he gives you as words. And the Lord blessed them and said to them, that's the way it goes. When God wants to give you power, he will say something to you. When God wants to give you money, he says something to you. When God wants to give you healing, he 
sends his word. He says something to you. So the way he does is be healed. Be well. Go safely. That's why I had to teach. Um, you've heard me teach about it. I had to teach my children to say amen when they hear a word like that. So if I tell them have a nice day, it's not a greeting. It's an impartation. I hope you're getting my point. It's not a greeting. It's an impartation. Go as well with you. It's not a greeting. It's an impartation. That's how God does it. Even the evil spirit that wanted to go and confuse um, Ahab, he had to be blessed. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? God had to empower him. That's what I mean. Say, so what will you do? I'll be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. God had to say to him, now go. Do as you have said and succeed in doing it. By that utterance, Ahab will believe that evil spirit. Those prophets will receive that spirit. By that utterance, you know when we're younger, when you hear things like an evil spirit from God, disturb Saul, and like God get evil spirit, you know you're wondering. But now when we learned, we now understood. Oh, okay, is that what happened? God has to utter the word for that evil spirit to go. That's why it was spoken like that. That an evil spirit from God. So you can imagine the scenario playing out again. Who will go to, where was Saul's headquarters that time? Saul was not in Ramos Gilead now. Anyway, wherever he was. Who will go to Saul's palace and go and make him crazy? An evil spirit will come up and say, I will be. What will you be? No, I'm going to have me disturb Saul. I will be a mad spirit in his household and in his head. And God will say, go and do as you have said. So the scribes will write, an evil spirit from God possessed Saul, came upon him. Do you get the logic? That's the way it works. So for anything to work in life, God must pronounce. That's what I'm going to say. That's how he imparts. One of my favorite portions of the scripture, you hear the lot, very common amongst ministers, especially Orthodox ministers. Let's read that again. That would be, I think, Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. I'm going to read from verse 22. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, that is, Moses will go to Aaron and say to them, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them. You know, people often prefer laying on of hands. Nothing wrong with laying on of hands, but it's not superior to saying to them. EWK on those days will tell us that the reason why laying on of hands exists <laughs> is because of carnality. Now, please don't understand him. Say the carnal man has to feel something. That he has to feel the hand on his head. He has to feel the oil pour. He said, because the world can do everything. So the degree that you are spiritual, that's how less you need the feel. Laying on of hands is so that the person there can feel it. That we are so kind of we like to feel. So that's why God came down and said, okay, lay hands on them. Pour oil. He said, that's why. He said, if kind of man needs to feel the oil, land on his head. Now, please, don't be angry with the man that said it, neither should you be angry with me. Okay, but he didn't say it's wrong. He just didn't talking about different levels. That the highest level is the word. And if you check the scriptures, the people, the person that, okay, there are only two people that Jesus said their faith was great, okay? 
one of them, the Roman centurion, why did Jesus say his faith was great? He said, you don't need to come and lay hands. You don't need to come and pour oil. You don't need to come and make clay with spittle. You don't need that. Just issue forth the word. And my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, wow. EWKN was right. This guy has great faith. Do you get my point? He said, great. He said, I have not seen faith as great as this in Israel. I hope you get my point. The other woman too. Even though when Jesus said her faith was great, it was another reason. But, but the manifestation was for, in a similar fashion. It was in a similar fashion. But the girl was not there. Jesus just issued the fourth the word. And the, servant, and the daughter was healed. So, that's the important thing about it. That's one thing we must bear in mind. The word is very important. That is the highest way by which God transmits anything. It's by the word that he speaks. Remember that our analysis from Ezekiel chapter 16? Do you remember it? I saw you in your blood and said what? Live. A baby has been born, thrown away, and an abandoned baby. You know how it is? They don't know who owns this baby. One little girl got pregnant. Nobody must know. So she hides and delivers and throws away the baby. Unless somebody finds that baby, what happens? Baby is dead. So, God went by and said, leave. And he went away. He just said what? Leave. And the little girl went away. And then he went away. The little girl was there because he painted a picture of a little girl for us. He said, leave. That word. The word is alive and what? Active. That thing, Hebrews chapter 4, means that the word is a living being. Able to think. Able to organize. So what the word did was to go out and make somebody pass by and notice the baby. All God said was what? Live. The person happened to know how to nurse a baby. Or knows, he happened to know somebody who was willing to nurse the baby. All God said was what? Live. By saying live, everything that baby needed to survive was provided. Now, let me quickly drop this before we get back to our message. When people want to testify, you know what they do? Hmm. It's just because, you know, I like to take a walk in the evenings. When you know that I like walking in the evenings, that baby will have died by morning. I just walked by that place in the evening, and I saw the baby. It's just because my auntie is a very kind-hearted person. She receives orphans, abandoned babies, I just went to her house and she agreed. Oh, my uncle, God will bless him. He just gave her enough money. You know what Jesus said? There is none good but God. All these ones you have done, it was God walking. <laughs> it was the word walking. But when we don't understand, we think we are the ones walking. How did that man manage to do that? I gave him money. Me, generous and rich me. Me, ah. Oh, God. Kind people like me are needed in this world. And you're already thinking about it. A person who really understands will just simply say, we thank God. He found us useful. That's all. He found us useful. That's all. You don't even think, like Paul would say, that any of this thing came from yourself. But your sufficiency is of God. That's how Paul will speak. 
By the grace of God, I am what I am. So Jesus said to us, there is none good but God. Only God is good. So the word went and said what? Live. The abandoned baby survived. It was not a game of chance. It was the word walking. When we say chair of brethren, the word works. It's not a joke. The word we arrange events. The word we bring the help necessary. But those who don't understand, they think it's just a game of chance. Something happened. Ah, that man happened to have been around. That doctor happened to have been passing when that woman was shouting inside that house, help me. And he just went in there and that baby was convulsing, or that young man was convulsing, and he knew what to do. And he, No. It was God's way of reviving that little child. That doctor could be a human being or could be an angel. Sometimes he finds human beings to come and do such things for him. At other times, he says there's no human being close by. Now tells one angel, wear this suit. And that suit is what? Human flesh. And he comes in there, does something, and walks away. Please, let's bear it in mind. Like I said, that's just an aside, all right? No, back to what we're saying. I said we should read somewhere, right? Numbers chapter 6. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. He says, So you shall, now please notice this. Which is why I read it, verse 27. He says, so you shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel, and then I will bless them. He said, this is how you will invoke my name. I'm using the New, New American Standard there. So you invoke my name on them. The f- emphasis there, please bear this in mind, is not the word bless. It's not the word keep. It's not the word gracious. The emphasis there is what? The Lord. What's the emphasis? The Lord. the Lord. So when it comes to them and says, the Lord bless you, the emphasis is invoke the name of the Lord upon them as a source of their blessing. The Lord keep you. Invoke the name of the Lord upon them as a source of their protection, of their sustenance. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Invoke the name of the Lord upon them as a source of their favor, as a source of power, grace to help them in life, invoke the name of the Lord. He said, the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. He says, invoke the name of the Lord upon them as a source of their peace. The word peace and prosperity in Hebrew, you know, is the same thing. All right? So to be at peace and to be prosperous is the same thing in the Hebrew. So you notice it here. That the blessing of the people, therefore, was in invoking God's name upon them. Please let me explain what that means again, the way we miss it practically. You know, <laughs> let's talk small politics. I know you like that, all right? Somebody sent something to me today, to a group actually, and then I just said, human beings won't learn. He went to emphasize, he said, he put two tables down. A table with two columns down. The price of stuff in 2005. Is is it five? 
Oh, you've seen it? This is a fly around. This is nothing. And they compared the prices of stuff in 2015 with the prices now. And his own conclusion, when I look loser, the person who made that actually was campaigning for a political party, but he now added his own to it. I said, this guy is very fraudulent. Somebody has did this thing for his own party. Why are you adding your own? Anyway, so he said, this is, he said we can't go this way again. Okay, let's just say, let, let's mention names. It was done by PDP, all right, to say that I can't vote for APC. I hope you're getting my point. So I told the person who posted, I said, you people don't, you don't remember, that you forget so quickly. This is exactly what you used a few years ago to tell us that we cannot continue with PDP. We have to move to APC. I said, you are still sending it around again. Now, a lot of times, please, Christians, listen to this. Now, what I'm going to explain now so that you get my train of thoughts is to talk about the name of the Lord, how you recognize it. Because, you see, he said that um, um, Psalm 34 that we read, he said that magnify the Lord with me. I want to remind us of what that means. I'm going to do that by telling you the opposite. So what is this person doing? So why, why are things expensive? Now, first, let me just give you information. I'm not campaigning for this government. I'm not a member of this government. All right? Well, first, if anybody make, gives the impression that's a Nigerian problem, the person doesn't know anything. It's an international problem. It's a worldwide problem. Just leave your own problems and read Ghanaian problems for a few moments. <laughs> leave your own problems and go to UK and see the fact that they are, the price of fuel has doubled in this year alone. Mm-hmm. Just leave it. I said, just leave your own problems. So one day somebody posted something. This is 839 a liter. He said, look, what, look at what Buari has done to us. You know, anytime I answer people like that, they say you are defending the government. I feel like saying that, why are you so ignorant? Are you, are you just deliberately deceptive? Don't you read the news? Don't you know where the rise in the cost of diesel came from? Is it because the government spends trillions of naira annually subsidizing petrol? So you think some? No, if they left petrol alone, <laughs> the same thing would have happened. But is it people just be campaigning? Is it that when you just anyway? Let me not start talking too much there. I hate having conversations with a lot of people because they behave as if they just are either ignorant or they, or they lie. They are deceptive. They, just do, they don't want to tell themselves the truth. You make it look like it's only this country that has problems right now. If you know anybody in London, call them. Just call. I have a classmate there who doesn't ever believe. In fact, no, let me say it doesn't ever. He hardly accepts that anything is wrong with UK. And I have, me and him, we really joke along that line. I like to yap him a lot. So they tell me, trying to point everything that's wrong with Nigeria. Do you know, a few weeks ago, he admitted, he said, winter is going to be rough. He said, I'm not talking about myself. And really, I'll know that he's, um, he's a bit higher up in the ladder in the society there. Okay? But he said, the way things are, hey, it's going to be rough. What does it mean by Winter. Because in Nigeria, weather doesn't matter, really. You know, the, the weather doesn't matter. No matter how cool it is, once you wear one shirt, and you're inside the house, it, do you understand? This is, especially no good like this. It's no big deal. No matter how hot it is, open your windows, or go and sleep outside. That's the typical Nigerian issue. You can be uncomfortable, but you ain't going to die. You're not going to die. 
But there are places where you can people annually freeze to death because they are poor. Not because of cold, it's because of poverty. It's so cold that you need to heat your home. Now you live in an urban area where there's no firewood. If you live in a village, they say have villages. Maybe you would have gone to the bush to cut some wood while you had a chance. But this one, you have to buy every fuel. Either you are using gas or you are using electricity. You have to pay. And when you don't have a house, number one heating element in your house is your wall. <laughs> Did you get my point? Yes, this wall is the first thing that keeps the weather out. So when you don't have that, you are now in the open. If you like, wrap yourself like Moimoy. There's a degree. No, Opa. You know, Opa is more wrapped than Moimoy, yes. If you like, wrap yourself like Opa. There's a degree of cold that will penetrate penetrate, and just kill the person overnight. So that's what my guy was saying. He said, this winter is going to be rough. And usually because they do a lot of heating, the cost of energy goes up. You know, we live in a fairly well-regulated, now people won't like that, but the fact, society, no matter how much the demand on the grid, you pay the same amount of electricity. That's Nigeria. That's a bit of socialism. That's Nigeria. But in those countries, it's not like that. There are times electricity is very cheap. In a single year, the price can go up tenfold. It depends on demand. You go to EDC today, they tell you it's 15 naira a unit. I don't know how much they say in EDC, but I just say it's 15 naira a unit. You come back three weeks later, I say, ah, winter don't start now. Where you did? Oh boy, 150 a unit. You look at, ah, what was 15 naira a unit? You say, oh boy, there was no winter that time. So you pay. You, they come back, you come back after another three weeks. He said, sorry, it's not 300 naira a unit. You know, it happens in those societies regularly. It's not a big deal. The other one, you've lived all your life in Nigeria, you are surprised that so EDC can just be changing their price like that. That's because in Nigeria, it's regulated, just like fuel. There's, there's a kind of other deliberate or, you know, implicit subsidy, many of the things that we, 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 we use, many of the things we consume in, in this nation, yes. I need to tell you that government tuition is subsidized. Now, why am I saying all of these things? My guy admitted that it's going to be rough. That's UK. That's not Nigeria. So when somebody sits down, you know, like these people in Sri Lanka, they decided to riot and kick out their government, and I started laughing. <laughs> I felt sorry for them, because the next government will not do better. For information, this riot is going to spread. Oh, yes, yeah, going to. I, I, I don't think we'll have in Nigeria for certain reasons. I don't think we'll have. Now, that's not a prophetic word, though. I'm not giving you confidence. Hey, man of God said we'll not have. I didn't say that. So you can go and pray we will not have. It's just my observation because this is, <laughs> if I say something, some people just say, I don't care. You have said it. You have said it. <laughs> but I don't think we are going to have. We are, we are too busy with the election. We are not going to have. <laughs> but it's going to happen in many parts of the world. Sri Lanka is one I know is going to spread. There's another country that, had, that is somewhere in Europe. Protests have begun against the government. That's why I'm talking about it. That's why I'm talking about it. Against the government, why? They are the God that the people can see. They have to blame somebody. A time came in Israel, they had problems. They had to do with security, fight against the Ammonites. Their own was that there's no God over us, so give us a king. Now, I, I, I make some words there deliberately. They said, we don't have a king. 
God said, but I am your king. Now, what they were looking for is not a ruler, but a defender. So that's what the king stood for at that particular point in time. The people looked and said, no, we don't have. So people normally look at their ruler and magnify them as God. That's something this whole story. So when that fellow sent that thing, I'm happy many of you have seen it, I just started laughing. I said, this is why people get punished by God again and again. They have decided to take the name of God and give to somebody else. You know where there's a problem in the world? I can give you the answer directly. God is angry. It's called the anger. You know, I keep on saying it all the time. And I, what I, why I need to keep saying it is to remind people, when you want to pray, know what to pray. You know, was it President Buhari the other day that said that he is looking forward to the end of this thing so he can go home? <laughs> Somebody said, you see, he's admitting failure. Hey, it's not your fault. You have never run, you have never run, you've never run anything. So you don't understand what the man is saying. I've been head of department, all right, in university, and just a department in the university and teaching hospital, all right, and I'll be looking at, when is this tenure ending? I'm just wondering, when is this tenure coming to an end? I'm like, ah, let me tell you, it's, it's, it's end of uh, July. I'll be looking like, ah, July? That's six weeks away. Can't the end? Just six weeks. A job you have done for two straight years. What's the reason? Of course, because... 12 midnight, your phone will ring. I remember the day, I can't tell you what really happened, but I'll tell you a bit of it. I was on my way to Nsuka to go and preach, then my phone rang. Already on the, you know, that um, Nikki Lake Road. When I had to turn and drive all the way back. Meanwhile, there was a large group waiting for me in one big auditorium on campus in Nsuka, waiting for me to come and preach. Yet I turned. Uneasy lies the head. I was wearing the cross. So anybody's in there, he's in I said, when you talk like that, you don't have mercy. The Bible says, blessed are of the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You don't have any, you, you are unmerciful. What's the difference? What's the, opposite, what's the meaning of unmerciful? What's the English word for unmerciful? You are merciless. No, no, that is not that bad. Merciless is like, <laughs> you're, you're unkind. You're, you're unfeeling. Let, let's, let's be nicer. You understand? Because I like, when the man said that, he'll say, oh, oh God, do. And let me, I'm not holding brief for the government. Listen. One day somebody told me that they should have sacked Emefiele. That's something he doesn't like the president for. I said, why? He said he should have sacked Emefiele. Who's Emefiele? Our CBN governor. That's our treasury secretary. That's, you, you, no, is that what it is? No, no, no. Okay, no. Okay, let, let, let's use the American one. That's the... The Federal Reserve Chairman in America. Okay? But Nigeria will call it CBN governor. That's the governor of the central bank. Say he should have been sacked. I said, why? He said, when they came into power, dollar was so and so. Why is it now? That time it was five something. So I said, if they sack him, do you know whether it will go to 1,000? Do you know, do you know whether it was supposed to be 1,000? As this man is the one keeping it at where it is, which was, this is, which is what I believe is going on. That's my own personal opinion. You can disagree with that. It's not scripture. I hope you're getting my point. So don't come and argue with me. The pastor, that's it. <laughs> I've said it. Go and hold your own opinion. But the point I'm trying to make is that <laughs> the man said they should, they should have been sacked. I said, why? Do you know? Let me oh go. I've not gotten to my message. Let's just just a bit. 
if God doesn't speak to me clearly, I will feel a sense of divine call. I will not take any position of authority over mankind. They are too wicked and difficult to rule. They are ungrateful. Sometimes, you know, we are in a chat group. My neighbor, we have a chat group, which was created, like I told you the other time, because we had this uh, power issue. And, so, and this, it's worked very well for us to solve a lot of problems. When is the way some people talk there? You want to ask them, who are you paying? <laughs> uh, we have low current, oh, our phases have failed. What are they doing? Oh, uh, you not mention the name of the main guy in the chat group. What are you doing? And you're wondering, this guy just volunteered. You know, some people just have this leadership thing in them. Yes. So he just got up, went house to house. When we had one major, when we, our, our transformer was vandalized. He went house to house, giving us breakdown of how much we're spending powering our generators. So that if each person can just give him the money they've been spending for maybe a week or a few days, that, look, we'll get this thing fixed. So that was why he created that group. When you hear some people make demands, you want to call them and say, are you all right? One day, like that, somebody said, look, as you know, professional association, that the chairman should do this. So I pointed out something like, please, relax for these guys. They are not getting any, these associations don't pay them. They don't have any extra benefit for, and look at the way you are talking. You know what somebody answered me? Eh? Did they not campaign for the office? <laughs> I was tired. And I'm not joking. Anytime I see somebody go and campaign for, like today, well, they elected a new provost for the College of Medicine in UNTH today. That's the University of Nigeria Nogo Campus. You know, when I see people like that, it's one of my guys that ran. I know, I, I really mean it. God bless you. Because me, I won't do it. Not because I'm wicked, though. I just don't have, that is, like, if God says, Banke, I have called D, an anointed D, as the provost of, eh, uh-huh. if you won't say that, ain't going. Because before I know what's happening, I will be calling fire from heaven to burn people. Because there are times you will stress yourself. By the time you finish doing what you want to do, somebody will now look. let me just tell you something. Don't joke with bad things. So after all this, work out and down. Now only these beans you feel bring. One day when I was seven, NYC, I had an interesting roommate, uh, flatmate. We had one small flat in the barracks. I served in Nigeria Army. So, this guy is a pharmacist, all right? And he loves to play. Oh, once we finish work here, I don't know where those boys used to sit to go in that our small barrack. I don't know. <laughs> so, most of the time, I'm in the house. So, we had a funny arrangement. Just two of us, we lived, you know, in this a tiny apartment, you know, small house. He had one room, I had another room. But, of course, we had one kitchen. So, being guys, I don't know whether ladies can do that effectively, but guys used to do that very easily. We ate from the same pot. Had the same rice, the same beans, the same garlic, the same oil, the same everything. So, <laughs> if you don't believe I told you now, <laughs> I used to do the one, I was the one that used to go to market. So, you're like, why you? Yes, I will go. I used to cook. I will cook the stew, cook the soup, cook everything, cook the food. The guy couldn't boil rice. <laughs> I don't know why some people, how is some men grew up? They can't do. <laughs> the guy's a pharmacist. <laughs> We work in the same clinic. I'm the doctor, the pharmacist. So I did all the cooking. When I say all the cooking, I mean all the cooking. But I never washed one spoon. 
Yeah, that was a division of labor. We, will pa- we had a lot of plates and spoons. We we'll use every now There's a heap of dirty stuff there. I, me, wash, like I'm not washing anything. <laughs> so he will go, one day he'll just wake up, just enter that kitchen, get buckets of water. But then you come back in, the whole place clean. So that was his own job. My job was a little more than his own. I, did, I went to the market and I did all the cooking. So one day he came. <laughs> now Lagos boy, you know this is like cool boys. He was like, ah, I'm a washiri. You know that kind of thing. Enter the kitchen. I had made yam and beans. He scooped all the ones he could find, all the ones he could find in there, entered his room, sat down, finished eating, then came out. I don't know, those who speak over here. Okay, I'll give you the PG one. Just, guy just can say, that beans no beam. <laughs> I said, what? The guy got his. He said, that. <laughs> he said it in Yoruba. He said, that means no beam. You know what I was thinking? I walk in the clinic. I come back home. I cook like your wife. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> and this is what you will tell me. That means no beam. So I told him in my mind, you go see. <laughs> I said, you go see. You go see. You go see. As usual, he and the boys would go out. They, I don't know where they used to go. They just disappeared. The other couples around. Then they came back in the evening. The guy looked and said, Ah, Banky, what's going on? <laughs> and he was. <laughs> ah, I thought I was joking. He said, oh, Don't do like this now. I said, What? I said, No, I'm busy. I, I don't feel like that. He begged me, ah, Please, I And then, you know, we're eating real local rice because it's one corner of Taraba State, you know, the place. That's where came Jonathan also served when he came like 50 years later. All right. <laughs> it's one remote area. So the rice we ate was grown locally. There was no machine, nothing to So it was hand processed. You can imagine the amount of rocks. You understand? Peter, <laughs> the rock, you know, that kind of thing inside. Now, but I learned a trick. All right, before I came for NYC on how to wash such rice. When I'm done with it, you won't see one tiny, the smallest piece of stone will not be inside. So I knew how to do it very well. So he came and said, I beg, now I should cook the rice. I refused. The guy told me that if I don't cook it, he will cook it like that too. I said, that's your problem. <laughs> I said in my room, the guy collected rice. The kind of concussion he made that day, I don't understand <laughs> He put everything inside to make to just mix the whole thing up and boil the rice. Big pot. <laughs> when it was done, when I thought the rice was cooked, I came, I raked the top. <laughs> you know the stone will go towards the bottom. I just took part of the top. I went and ate. <laughs> this boy, I just I did, they disappeared somewhere. Then around eleven o'clock, like three of or four of them came back to come and eat rice. Oh boy, you could be you can, you could hear the sound of the stove. <laughs> you know, boys, they just they kept on eating it. After I said, "Boy, stop chewing," so just put the rice in their mouth and swallow. <laughs> I refused to cook. I said, "Ah, I after laboring for you, tell me that means no beer." You know what he would say? I was joking. I always say to people, "Don't crack such jokes." Don't appreciate people's efforts. Yes, sir. As a little boy, we used to do such things. As an old person, I try not to do things like that anymore. If I want to joke, I joke in a funny way. That is like, I'm like, oh boy, 
with all the, uh, with all this what we they do. You see, cook these beans. Now you know go die. You know that. You know it's funny, mm. but it appreciates the effort. Yes. Are you getting my point? Find a way to say something that will make people know you appreciate what they have done. Let me just make you laugh some more. We get emails sometimes, and you want to answer the people and say, it's not your fault. Say that someone last week, send it to my inbox. I say, I hear. <laughs> no, one line. They write a ministry. Just send, send, decided to say, last week, someone sent them to me. <laughs> Only you, 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 you're looking at the person like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you want to salute the person, I will send it to you. So that you want to tell the person, send me the last transfer receipt. Wait, they transfer money to Kingdom Word. You, you want to send them like, what kind of joke is this? Where you come from? They don't have manners to say, good morning, sir. Good morning, the Kingdom Word team. I want to appreciate what you guys are doing. Please, I heard a particular message the other day. How can I get it? Please. You know, just throw one line like this. My say, may God close your ability to understand. <laughs> you don't say it, but you want to say it. You're like, God, forgive him. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> the Lord is good. Really, we have to learn to show appreciation. Now, how did I get into that? Just something. Let me get back to what I was saying. So, eh? Yes. Leading men. No, it's... it's, it's um, Believe me, if you see anybody who agrees to do it, appreciate the person. Appreciate the person. It's not an easy thing. Some people have it. God, you know, everybody has a gift. God places inside some people. There's one guy today was campaigning that I should vote for him for something. And I remember, he was my class captain. He was a captain. No, I don't mean my mate. Too. I mean, I was a lecturer. This guy was a captain. Cap, since he was a student, anywhere people gather, he, camp, he campaigns to lead. I don't take it lightly. It's a gift some people have. When you find people that have such gifts, please appreciate them. I hope you're getting my point. Now, this is where I'm going. We'll be kind of trying to say something. Human beings, you know, went into political talk, and I said that they blame the president for every problem we have. There are problems everywhere. People want to just blame the current head of state. You know, Americans know something, and it's not just America, it's everywhere in the world. And it's also happening in Nigeria like that. Governments in power tend to lose elections if there's economic difficulty. They always head responsible. It's, it's a normal thing. I told you that day that Winston Church's party lost the election immediately after the, the Second World War. Who would have believed that would ever happen? But of course, the war had devastated everywhere. Now, the war was over, but the economic difficulty had set in. And they decided that the party couldn't handle it, so they voted them out. And people were heartbroken. Who would have thought that you would vote out Western Churchill? So when you find the economy, like things happen like that, governments tend to lose. If they are in power in democracy, they lose. America is like that. What to have somebody like George Bush at the point in time was, you know, 9-11. When 9-11 happened, he showed that he could fight. Americans voted him back in. When for 9-11, forget it. They just vote. Once there's one small, uh, they just decide that you are the one that's responsible. Now, I said all of this to em- emphasize the fact that that's what human beings do. They take the glory of God and place on the human being. The world is always trying, okay, to blame things around 
for our blessing or the absence of it. For example, if somebody is, is not, he doesn't get a job, things are not working well for him, people then relocate. Now, anytime you think like that, you are doing the opposite of magnifying God. Did you hear what I said? Anytime you reason like that, you are doing the opposite of magnifying God. I began by saying, the blessing, the protection, the healing, everything that the child of God has is hidden in just two things. All right? One is what? The name of the Lord. Number two, the promises of God. That's why, did we read Proverbs 18 just now? We read it? Okay, let's read it quickly. Yes, I said I wanted to read it, but I, I have not read it. Proverbs chapter 18, like I said, I was only read two verses. Yeah. He said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe. That's verse 10. Proverbs chapter 18. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe. A rich man's wealth is a strong city. Is his place of defense. That's what he was trying to say. And like a high wall in his own what? In his own what? Imagination. I believe verse 10 goes to verse 11. I believe that Solomon was contrasting the life of the average person. Now he's talking about the rich person here. But you must understand that sometimes the man is not rich. But still believes wealth. Now let me put it the other way around. The, the rich man's wealth is a strong city. The poor man's poverty is his excuse for weakness. It's the same thing. I don't know whether you're getting my point. If he had money, it would be his what? Strong city. It would be his defense. When he doesn't have, he blames every problem he has on the fact that he does not have. That is the opposite of magnifying the Lord. I hope you're getting my point. Spiritual things, listen, what God is trying to do in our lives, one of the major things he's doing, is bringing us into the position of thinking spiritually. I hope you're getting my point. Let me give an example. It's rainy season, right? Yes, sir. So water is not a problem. You can fetch it from the rain, gather it, or dig the earth. Or go streams are full now. All the streams around are full. If you have a well, even a shallow, even in Enugu, it will have water. Okay? So, a cup of water is not a lot of, it's not, it's not difficult to come by. Even if you have to buy it. Such a water is really inexpensive. Buy a big baggage, one comes to maybe 10 naira, today's naira, you know? It's not a lot of stuff. It's not difficult to come by. But you know what? Rain is not my provider. The stream is not my provider. Yours too. The well is not your provider. That small money you have, that can easily buy you drinkable water, is not your provider. For that reason, every time, occasionally I do that, I look at a cup of water, or something I, I, I finish drinking first. It's so refreshing. I say, Lord, thank you. And I'm not just ah, ex, you know, re- expressing my relief. No. I'm really grateful that he sent me water. I hope you're getting my point. I do that deliberately. Let me say, remind you also of one reason why you must. That God that brought you water in the midst of abundant water, if you recognize him, if you get into the wilderness, you'll still find water. If you get into the desert, you will still find water. But if it's like your focus is on rain, 
Your focus on, is on the stream. Your focus is on the well, the springs around you as a source of water. And you don't acknowledge that they are just instruments of God. The day you get into the wilderness, into the desert, you will die of thirst. Why? Because your God will fail that day. Yeah, because the God is the things you can see. But if you saw all those things as vessels, instruments in the hands of the God that gives water. When you get into the wilderness, say, Lord, <laughs> there's no stream here. There's no well here. It's not raining, but I'm thirsty. And the same God that gave me water in rainy season in Enugu is with me in the wilderness in Sahara Desert. In their own dry season, which is always dry anyway. So he said, Lord, can I have water? I am thirsty. What he will do is change the method. But you will still have water. You may not use rain. You may wake up in the morning and find that um, you are near an oasis. And you dig a bit and you find water. Or one way or the other, somebody finds you stranded and opens the back of his... um, the desert vehicle and brings a jerry can of water, 20 liters that he has managed to keep cool. Whatever it is that God will bring water to. What he will change is what? The method. Listen, when you are looking for prosperity in life, be very careful. Some people, see, use the method that works. is a trap. If it's not of God. Did you understand? You are looking for prosperity. You run from one place to the other to go and look for it. And it works. You've just been entrapped. You know what has happened? Running up and down for the rest of your life is your portion. Did you hear what I said? Now, if the Lord directs, he can. But never think that ah, Enugu is dry. Let's go to Oka. No, Oka is not is dry. Let's go to Lagos. Or let's go to Abuja. And you'll be looking for prosperity in places. You will find one of those places. But that is a trap in it. That's a trap in it. Because you have chosen that method. The rest of your life, movement up and down, is what you have chosen. How do I know that? It's what we read in Second Chronicles. In the case of Asa. The method Asa used to deliver himself from trouble, it worked. The prophet Hananiel allowed him to finish. After that he came to him, he said, from now on, you will have wars. I hope you're getting my point. The deliverance, the protection, the blessing of the children of God is found in just two places. Which is actually one, like I keep, I keep saying. What are the two? One, the name of the Lord. Number two, the promises. The name of the Lord. Let's focus on that name of the Lord again. Alright? What do I mean by the name of the Lord? What I, you know, I've said it here many times. What exactly do you call God? You know, remember third commandment? The way I explain third commandment? Let's go by it again. There are three commandments. What's commandment number one? Thou shalt have no other God beside me. That's number one. So we have agreed that this God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, is the only God. All right? Fine. Number two, thou shalt not make what? Any graven image. So you want to see the God of Abraham. Don't go and carve anything. Don't carve anything. Don't make a calf. Don't do anything and say this is what the God of Abraham looks like. Don't make a statue like Zeus and say, this is the God of Abraham. Don't. Don't make any image by yourself and say, this is what God looks like. Commandment number two. What's the third commandment? 
thou shalt not take, the common thing we say is, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. We read from Young's literal translation that says the literal Hebrew goes like this, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God for a vain thing. And my understanding of that, which I've shared several times here, is this. Don't take God's name. Now, there's only one God who have agreed on it, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob that appeared to you as Yahweh, Jehovah, whichever way you want to call him on Mount Sinai. All right? That's number one. We have agreed on that. Number two, we can't make an image. But you are going to go into a promised land where people will have made images, where they will have temples. Some of them will be so beautiful and God will say, crush them. And you wouldn't want to crush them. Sometimes, and people still do it till today, they just replace the name. This was the temple of Baal. They remove Baal from inside and call it the temple of Jehovah. So say, eh, don't do that. That temple, when you find it, what do you do? Destroy it. Sometimes they find an image. Like I told you, we did a lot of it in modern Christianity. Many of the festivals we celebrate today, they were idol festivals. They were worshipping idols on those days. We now canonize those days. We sanctified those days. We poured water on them and said that it's the birth of Jesus. When did Jesus say he celebrated his birth? There's only one thing he commanded that you should do in the remembrance of him, which is what? The communion. But you know what we do all the time? We chose one date. How we arrived at December 25th, we never even asked ourselves that do shepherds watch their flocks by night outside in winter? Don't worry, it's only those who have not thought about it that think it's reasonable. No, nobody believes it's reasonable. If anybody tries to calculate for you how Jesus was born December 25th, he's just been He's just being hyper smart. Christmas is not a Christian festival. Oh, it's not. Oh. As a matter of fact, I do Christmas. It doesn't, I really don't care whether you do Christmas or you don't. Just know. All those lights you see, that's how pagans used to worship. All those so called Christmas lights. Europeans call them winter festival of lights. They worship all kinds of strange gods in all kinds of useless manners with a lot of drunkenness, reverie, and immorality. Lasted the whole week. When the church wanted them to stop, they couldn't stop the festival. They changed what they were festiving. <laughs> Please don't mind my English. I need it. Don't go and write it in why I go. I feel you did that. <laughs> So they change what they were festive in. That, that does not exist. Or, you know, I said that to him, please. <laughs> okay, that's one way by which we, we started doing stuff like that. Okay, now, most of us don't even know, so it really doesn't matter. You know, in Africa, <laughs> okay, the best in Africa will have been maybe like, uh, which God do we? You know, some of, you know, there are times that we have, um, you know, these uh, masquerades that come out with all kinds of. Um, Leaves on their body and all that. Imagine that somebody now changed it and said that Jesus is going to Nazareth. And both the dress of masquerade and said they are casting out spirit just to make it look Christian. It's the same thing. That's what we do with what we now call Christmas, Easter, all of those. That's what we do. But many of us just take advantage of the holiday, holiday, not holiday, whatever you are doing that time. Muslim holiday, we go stay for house. Are you going to have anyone? Now, I want to remind us that sometimes, okay? Now, please, let's do that for a moment. We also do that same thing. We'll be laughing at people who did that with festivals. We do it with everything else. The way we treat our jobs sometimes. 
People have told me, hey, pray that I won't lose my job. I say, why not? I want to know why. And this is what my family used to feel. This is why you will lose it. This is why you will, this thing you have said is the very reason why God will collect it. It is the very reason. Now, listen, I'm not saying you should go around losing jobs. Did I say that? I just want to know why don't you want to lose it? It's like, hey, you know, hey. I said, this, this job is not God. How many times it takes away the first to establish the second? The job you have now, thank God for it. If you get to work one day and they say, we are sorry, the company is going through a lot, we have to downsize. God forbids you from crying. Just say, wow, it was nice working here. Any way you guys, any way I can be of help, let me know. I'll be available for some time while I restructure what I'm going to do with my life. Say to them like that and go home. And mean it. Not they are trying to bluff them. Let me show you I don't need you. Then you know you need me. That's not what I'm trying to say. Mean it. Mean it well. Mean it very, very well. And get on your knees and magnify God. You, you have to practice it every day. You are going to walk. Listen, if you walk in the place, they pay you very well. It's very tempting. Let me give you my advice. Write a long confession on the fact that God is your provider and not that job. Recite it at least twice a week. What I'm telling you, eh? <laughs> good enough, you know I'm not trying to raise your, collect your offering. There are times you just wake up and say, God, the next two months salary, I will take 10%, I will give out 90. So 10% later, just used to eat. Or sometimes 100. You will go hungry, yes. It's deliberate. I just want to tell myself, this is not God. It's the instrument of God, is using it. But I look through it every time and see God behind. And the day God moves away from there, and he goes somewhere else, I shouldn't feel, oh, heaven is going to fall. Which heaven is going to fall? One sister told me once, you know, we had a lot of conversations around that area. She dreamt that she lost her job. One day I told her, that she pray. I said, me, I don't pray. First I met her, I said, is this what you wanted to tell me? I just got out living. She literally had to hold my hand and beg me not to go. I said, I don't talk to people like you. I told her straight. Me and you will be worrying over uh, your dream. Someone said you should not come and sow a seed so you will not lose your job. He said, oh, Pastor, what do I do? I said, next time you have that revelation that you lost your job, tell the devil. What's the English word for what I just did? <laughs> just doing, okay, let's, let's, this word may enter the lexicon later. Tell the devil, time. Time. I will take your job, say, take it. If you can walk there, go and walk. Sit on my table, let me see. Sit on my table there. Let us see what you can do. Mm. You will lose the job. So? And when you do that, you're not trying to do the devil. No. You mean it. I hope I get my point. When you do such things, mean it. Mean it. Two funny things came to my mind. I'll say it. If a, man, if, if a woman ugly marry you, if you cry... That will take your money. Your phone will break. Trailer will jam the back of your car. You know, go die. Don't worry. They cannot go even spoil pata pata, but your light will break. Is the judgment of God. That's what is wrong with you. Woman not grimary, they, they cry. Let's leave that one first. The other one says, 
If a man comes and says, I have just decided that, you know, the Lord said, God can say anything between you and your God. Takes away the first to establish the second. And let me tell you guys, if any woman does that to you, marry another woman within the next two months. It's called consolation. <laughs> That's an aside. You can't, you can't put the, your hope on any human being. You will be writing, okay, let's leave marriage for as an example. Let's leave it aside for a moment. You write an application, you're anointing it with oil. It's covetousness. Have you seen it before? You put oil in it, you know? Someone will just strike the application with mantle. <laughs> I remember the brother wrote us once. He, he was confused because he prophesied over his application. He gave his seed. He tied the hand of God, did everything they had told him. He applied for that new job. And there were two problems. One, the new job he did not get. The old job, they fired him. So he was wondering. I had pressed all the keys. I put a seed. This guy did everything. Everything he had, all the witchcraft they taught him in church. He used it. You know what they call witchcraft? Why? Because you are looking for what? A rich, is a rich job. It's money he's looking for. You can't use divine principles to serve mammon. It's money he was looking for. All those prophesying that he was doing, he was looking at that job. If I can get it. Listen, let me tell you how to write the application as a child of God. Father God, I need to be productive. I have skill. I can be a blessing. This is training I have. I believe I can work in places like this. Lord, I'm going to apply here. If, if, if it's 10 places, um, look, it can be a matter of cast your bread upon many waters. You put it out there. Father God, the one you have ordained for me, let them call me. By the time you are applying, you want to work there. I don't know why you are getting my point. Don't go, they will not call you now. You now say you don't want again. That's very, very, that's not good. Apply where you really like to work. And leave it like that. Lift everything to the Lord. Father God, I leave this in your hands. There's no witchcraft saying, Mobile is advertising in the name of Jesus. Money is what you are looking for, you know. It's not necessary. It's absolutely not. Just leave Father God absolutely productive. Say everything you want to say that's in righteousness and drop it. I know you've heard this, this story many times, but it's just so illustrated, that's why I keep on using it. The first time I went to the U.S. Embassy, I've told the story so many times. It was so perfect. I, was, I left my hotel room before I left, I had not asked God one moment to give me that visa. Not one. You, I'm serious. I had gone out. I asked God for this. I said, eh, sorry. I was dressed fully. I was on my, I had gone out. I had to open the door, come back in, stood beside the bed, said, Lord, ah, I forgot to ask you for this thing, actually. I really would like to go for this training. It's one month. I was going to be gone for about five weeks. I said, Lord, I want to ask you, please give me the visa. In Jesus' name, amen. That was the first time. That was, the visa is nine. Um, this prayer like seven o'clock. So I stepped out. That was the story I told. They said that uh, your account balance is low. I said, it's a salary account. And they put the money inside. I said, they bring them. And I'm they spend them. Everyone look at me like, I, you know why I could do what I did was that? I really had the bottom of my heart. didn't really care. If you don't give me, I'm going back home. You know, nothing will change. They just say, ah, bank your offers. Ah, don't mind those guys. That's the end of it. 
And when they gave the visa, most a lot of people did not, they did, I just disappeared. Five weeks I was gone. Boom, after the end of five weeks, I was back. I heard the story of one guy, they gave him, they granted him US visa. The way he rejoiced, they canceled it on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I'm not joking. The guy went for a visa interview. United States Embassy, US Embassy. After the interview, the person, okay, your visa is granted. The way he jumped, the lady canceled it on the spot. That no, is a lie. Because if what you are saying is true, it does not provoke this kind of excitement. Suppose we're visiting visa, you're going somewhere for like maybe two weeks, three weeks. Now you won't break our roof. They said on the spot, the lady changed her mind. No, no, this excitement, you're not planning to come back. Cancelled it. I'm reminding us again. Don't place the name of the Lord thy God on what? Amen. What am I preaching? Practice magnifying God. David said, magnify the Lord with me. Let us do what? Exalt his name together. There are many things around us that we use. I don't know why God allowed us to use some of them, but maybe because of our level of faith or whatever it is. For example, what is the key, what is the key to protection in your home? It's not your burglar proof. It's not a burglar proofing. I hope you know that. It's not your dogs. You have dogs, two Rottweilers, two Dobermans, and two Bull Mastiffs. They won't protect you. If God wants to bring trouble to you, you'll bring a man that knows how to kill dogs. He will kill all your dogs and steal your phone and go away. Do you understand? You'll be wondering, excuse me, you'll kill all these dogs to steal a phone? God will say, no, I just want to make a point to you. I just wanted to make a point that these dogs won't protect you. The Bible says God can save with a multitude, can save with a few. God can protect you with a steel door, bulletproof, and he can protect you with cotton, cloth. Just put it across the door. And nobody can pass through it. I hope you're getting my point. So what is the key to protection? Say, please, I need a house in the area that is safe. See, once you park in there, the place becomes unsafe. Why? Because you made the area the protection. You made the area the protection. Say, God, say, no, no, no. This is not allowed. I told you once. <laughs> I've gone through this. Some of these things. <laughs> I've learned them from the things I have suffered. You know, some of us who are you know, Archbishop Idaosa used to say, it's you that know medicine that have problems that he doesn't have. Whether it is malaria or cancer, to him, he knows one thing, come out, it's come out. He said, but when you are medically trained, there are diseases you will see, you, you, you will fade. You're supposed to be praying for the person. You look like, how will God do this one? No, God, this one is not hard. Did you pass pathology? You're asking God. Because it's very hard. Archbishop Idaosa said, look, he doesn't know anything. So he just knows how to pray. So his faith cannot be brought down by the severity of your illness. Man of God, I'm sick. Here is sickness. In the name of Jesus, be well. So that's all I understand. Now, why am I saying that? Now, I have a natural disadvantage, which is I'm medically trained. So, when you bring up issues, you know, all the knowledge inside, they always rise up. And they kill faith, I'm being honest with you. Like I said last time, the job you have is to make sure you Stir up your faith. If you have to pray, pray it. There's nothing God cannot do. The problem is our unbelief. There is nothing the Lord cannot do. The problem is what? 
is our unbelief that is the problem. There is nothing he can't do. So sometimes you can persuade God that he can't do something. He too say it's true. I can't do it. Yeah. They tempted God in the wilderness and did what? Limited the Holy One of Israel. He's not saying he can't do it generally. It's in your life. He just agreed with you. So God, you know, you know, <laughs> like, like one man, God said, one man came to him one day for prayer. To the man that he had a, a back problem, he had an, an eye problem then, he has a pain in his neck. So about four things. He answered to the man that, is the pain in the neck that's actually my real problem. If you can pray for God to remove that one, I can manage the rest. So the man said, I understand. No, your sickness is so serious. If God decides to heal all of them, power will go out in heaven. You'll have drawn all the power in heaven. The man said, mm, that's very stupid. He said, of course it's very stupid. I mean, the God that can heal your neck, why can't he heal the other things? Ken Higgins told a story of a woman that came for prayer. She had um, severe arthritis, so she couldn't walk. She had this um, stick that she used to walk. You know, she had this very serious limp, but she couldn't hear. He said that she has to stay next to the speaker to be able to hear the preaching. And she wants to hear the preaching and with hearing aid. So she came that she needs to hear the preaching. So after encouraging her with the word of God, they lay hands on her prayed for her, instantly, they removed the hearing aid, she could literally hear a pin drop, literal. They tried to drop a pin, she would hear it. So she was going back to her chair, the man of God said, didn't you forget something? The woman like, what? I didn't forget anything. You're forgetting something. No. Said the crutches. You know, she had this, uh, the, the walking stick. The woman said, oh, don't worry about that one, I can manage that one. <laughs> yes. And she went back to her seat. And the man of God couldn't do anything. She just answered, oh, don't worry about that one. That one is not a problem. I can handle it. What did I say? God can do anything. The problem is our what? Unbelief. Now, what am I saying all of these things? The medical training that some of us have, and which we have told everybody, what it does all the time is to diminish God and magnify diet. Two things they magnify a lot these days. Three things. One magnifies genes, but not as much as the other two. The two major magnified things are what? Diet and exercise. The two of them have become gods now to people. Except that there's one thing. They don't prolong anybody's life. You want to hear the truth? They don't. And I can prove it. Jesus said, which one of you, by taking thought, or this worry about this, doesn't help anybody. But they've been so magnified Sometimes I hear even preachers talk. I'll be like, now, wow. If I say, you know this medicine more than me, you know, I've had arguments with people. I'll be looking at them. I say, is it because I, I preach? You've forgotten my natural training. I've had arguments with people that will be looking at say, excuse me, you argue with me. Shouldn't you be ask, asking me questions? And the person is still insisting, I'm right, you are wrong. And you're looking like, sometimes I tell people that sugar does not cause diabetes. They will never agree. They argue for you. I, I look at it. Medical students stand in front of me to explain to me what causes diabetes. And I score them or fail them. That they pass them or fail them. And look at you, bloody, you know, accountant. <laughs> Lawyer. <laughs> Do you get my point? You did not even pass, you know, chemistry in secondary school or biology. And you are here arguing with me. And you're looking at the person like, excuse me. Do you know who you are talking to? And they, what they read on social media. 
Some of them are giving you the, the, the Chinese drugs that. The funny part is that people like that, they've made more God out of diet and exercise than those of us who have medically trained. Someone say, Pastor, so what causes diabetes? Is it not sugar? No, it's not sugar. If you want to know, <laughs> ask me later. I can't be teaching that now. I've seen people who say they don't eat, uh, someone say, I have diabetes, I don't eat, um, no, pandadiam. Then the guy brought out bread and ate it. <laughs> and I'm looking at the person, are you serious or you're joking? Listen to me. Your diet is not your healer. You know, I was saying something. I said the gist. So because of my natural training, all right, let me do not do that. From experience, I learned some things. God did something for me. Anything natural I look at for health, it wounds me. Now, I like honey. I don't eat much of it these days. But I, I, use, I, I, I eat honey, all right? But there was a time, it got so bad, I, wanted, I was in the kitchen of the house. I was making a cup of tea or something. So I went to put honey in it. I took the honey. I was about to pour it in. I had to drop it and look up. Literally, I told the Lord, it's just the taste. I said, Lord, you know, it has this uh, nice... I described what was... Why I was using honey. That, Lord, it's about the taste. It's not all the... Yes, I had to explain. Because if I do not explain, I know what will happen. Because the fat of, you know, don't eat sugar, use natural... You know, you see all those things? Can I just beg you? Don't be fooled. They have no meaning. Most of them. So you don't eat sugar, it's refined, you use honey, it's natural. Nonsense. Crap. You see people, these people that market things, let me not call their names online, will be using you to grow rich on lies. They lie to you. You could have gone to market, bought sugar for 50 naira, and had the complete do- two doses of Gary with it. Then I say, no. It's, you know, because it's this refined, it, it increases your this and this and then your pancreas, your grand infinity, okay, but then you think, hey, not finish with you. And I'll sell you something that's 1,000 naira that you will use to sweeten your food for the same period of time. And then you come to church feeling very cleansed. You have done internal cleansing. Listen, let me just advise you. Take that money, give it as an offering. If I want, I'm going, come and give me the money. Say, Pastor. The one I will use for the next one month. Please use it to buy sugar. Nonsense. You know, people, you know, it pains me when I see how they are deceived every day. They gather in that place, they'll be deceiving them. There's one hall down that corridor. They are deceived every day, telling them how to make money. There's a time they were, people were selling supplements all over the place. Remember those early days when I first got married? One woman, family, my wife's family friend, tried to educate and introduce my wife and I to one of that line of, of, of business. Tell me how much money there is to make. I said, Ma, if I sell these things, for you it's just business. I said, for me, I'm a doctor. Anything I prescribe, the weight of my natural training is behind it. I said, it would be wrong of me. I'm sorry I can't. But in my mind, why are you deceiving people? They mix Chinese drugs, Chinese herbs, with some they say it's natural. And people will, wait, they will be tightening and giving offering so they can live long. Things that have no, it will not do anything for them. One of my sisters and I were always fighting over one thing. There's a particular kind of diet she believes in. And I tell her it's blasphemy. So what do I call it blasphemy? I say because you use the name, Hallelujah Diet. How many of you have heard of Hallelujah Diet? Yes, some of you have heard of it. Jonathan has eaten it before. See him there. How many of you have heard of it? How many of you have practiced it? Okay, you can't afford it. Trust me. You need let, there's an amount of money you need to have to get into some things. 
When you buy those vegetables for one week, you will know what they call tithes and offerings. <laughs> I tell my sister, I said, I don't agree with it. We always argue. I said, my problem, you can eat. There's Atkins diet, there's um, what they call keto diet. They are a lot. You see, I'm not angry with them. I said, anyone that puts the name Hallelujah on his own is fraudulent. Because you give us an impression of spirituality. Do you know? Uh, let me get back to my story. If I ever try any of those things, God normally gets angry. That one I know. There was a time I remember the story. I used to eat garden egg. Say it's healthy. I remember the fellow who introduced me to it, and I know a bit of you no. Know, it's natural, it's, and of course it contains some of. I, I can identify some of the minerals and vitamins that will be there if you ate it naturally. So I ate it uncooked and all of that. After a few weeks, I developed skin rash. I didn't know what was causing it. Very intensely pr- um, itchy. Okay, I was going to use a medical word there. Very intensely itchy rash. But God gave me wisdom. I just started looking at, could it be something I'm eating? Let us make a long story short. It was a garden egg. Now, I eat garden egg today. I see it. I'm not, it doesn't worry everybody. But God said, here you are looking for health in garden egg. Let me show you this. Look, they, they lost it after meat. God gave them meat after they are lost. But did what? Send leanness into their souls. After that, I repented. So now I eat garden egg in faith. Do we have everybody? Do you know? I went off it for like two, three years after that. The one that now use prayer and boldness to come back small, small. And as I eating garden eggs like normal people. So that was the reason. It's happened to me a number of times. There was a time I just came up with this idea that if you want to be healthy, eat the things that God prescribed in the Bible. Milk, a land that flows with what? Milk and honey. Thank you. Then I added bread, olive oil, and wine. Things are in the Bible. You know, all the words in the Bible. Wine is there. All those things. You know, the ones that are prescribed. You know, Jesus ate fish, but was not prescribed in the old, you know, the law. But God cured me early. Thank God I didn't even go to the wine one, because if to say I go down one, begin to... <laughs> I mean, that someone could begin Christmas. <laughs> so I did I, I, maybe, again, maybe I couldn't afford it, you know, that kind of thing. Sometimes your level of cash will teach you sense. <laughs> People have come up with all kinds of nonsense talk. This oil is good. My own is that, you know what the oil I eat? Anyone my wife cooks with. And she eats, we in the house, we use palm oil. We use granite oil. I particularly like granite oil. The aroma is nice, you know. It's, you know, it's a severe, it's like incense, you know. It has this incense feeling. Which other one is there? There's a sunflower oil. The oil any oil you carry, I eat. You want to hear the truth? They are all the same. So you go and bring olive oil from Jerusalem. Is not necessary. If you use palm oil to anoint somebody, they will get healed. We only use olive oil because it's neat. One day I'm going to pray for people with palm oil. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you the truth. Because some of this, no, honestly. And we dispute God some of this is we do. Some people are criticizing selling mustard seed. Where did Jesus say there's healing power in mustard seed? That was the reason why that day I wanted to put honey in my food. And I remember my history of trying to eat things in the Bible to get health. And the Lord said, if I catch you, that honey will give you diarrhea. So now I still eat honey, but it's just for the taste. It's good. It's good. I, I, my wife puts honey in the house all the time. You put it on. You can, in fact, if you, let me not teach you how to use honey. There are things you can eat with. Use honey to eat, and then you feel very good. Yeah, it, it has this syrupy smoothness to your tea. That you don't get with sugar. Am I advertising honey? No. I'm just saying that I only eat it now for what? For taste. You know why? I am the Lord 
that he led thee. That's, what my, that's my focus for health. Is the name of God. If you like, go for a checkup every year. It won't heal you. You can finish your perfect checkup. Spend a million dollars on checkup. You cross the road. Trailer kill you. You know you are still dead. <laughs> checkup does not prevent Ebola from killing somebody. When you, exercise, when you exercise, your heart to be healthy. Look, I know too many people who finished exercising. They left the gym and died. Footballers have died on the pitch. You can't make gods out of any of these things. You can't. You can't. Listen, some of these things are so expensive. In fact, it should let you know that God is not in it. Because I can only be that it's only rich people that God will keep healthy. Ask yourself, if I didn't have this amount of money, would I be doing this thing? If the answer is no, say, I know they do again. Let me go and do the one that both poor and rich. The poor and the rich have one thing in common. The Bible says, God is the maker of them all. So get on your knees and say, my maker, keep me healthy. Listen, all the blessings of God, all the blessings of life for the child of God is in two places. One, the name of the Lord and the promises. I'm talking about the name again today. And I'm emphasizing the fact that let's be careful not to call other things God. They are not God. They are not God. So what God is teaching us, let me summarize it so that we begin to declare his name. All right? Is to know that he is the source of all good things. All good and perfect gifts come from him. If you have resources, it's not from your degree or your labor. There are people who have worked harder than you. They are far poorer than you. In fact, that's one thing this life I've come to understand. If I see somebody that's very rich, I say, God, your favor defend. I don't even think that, you know, let me go and come to you and lend the keys. The keys to prosperity. Listen, those keys don't work. The padlocks are different. I hope you're getting my point. The key one man used will not work for your padlock. When they give you the key, you get there. Say, this is your own door. Now, where that lock come? Do you understand? No big key. Now, hammer and chisel will open your own door. Why are you not trying to learn keys? I say to believers all the time, learn the principles of righteousness, faithfulness, good character. Learn it from everybody. You can even learn it from the ant. Is that not what the Bible says? So, you see the ant... Your spirit will let you know what is good. Go to the aunt, that's look at. Consider her ways and be wise. Learn it from that. You see a faithful person, learn it. How do you manage? You're always at work by 8 o'clock. Is there no hold up on your way? Then he will teach you how he gets to work by 8. I hope you're getting my point. But listen, there's no human being that can teach you the keys to prosperity. You know what I have found out? It is literally what? A gift of God. It is that Lord thy God that giveth thee what? Power to get wealth. So if somebody has wealth, give God thanks for the fellow's life. If you want wealth, look up to God who gives. One woman one day was talking, you know, she was speaking with my wife, I was there. So I interrupted the gist. Ah, Madam, this girl said no, she wants to study um, law. The mother said no, she must study nursing. So I said why? The woman said how many lawyers do I see go to America and find work? That was what the mother said to me. The nurses find work very easily, both in Europe and the United States, which is not a lie. Oh, it's, it's true. I mean, you sit down in Nigeria, you're working, you're a good nurse, you read your book. Sometimes you don't even do any exam. They just, you apply, they give you a job. You just, uh, healthcare workers generally, all right, from Nigeria, they get work easily in many of those countries, Europe, Canada, United States. It's very, very easy. So the young girl said she wants to study law. The mother said, no, you are going to study 
nursing. Why? So that when you finish school, you can go abroad and go and look for work. I didn't know how to talk to the woman. I realized that we were not thinking of the same frequency at all. And the girl doesn't know science one bit. The least bit. In the, that is, li, does not know the difference between atom and what is molecule. That one is even close. Atom and comet. Atom and cockroach. I don't think you know the difference between the two. But the mother has made up her mind that the only way to progress is go to America, get a medically related job. I have, children, I have one in university, two are going by the message of God this year. I never imposed anything on them, no. What do you, you know why? The key to prosperity, I dumped it on your head when you were born. Before you even knew what there was prosperity, I, I dumped it long ago. And every day, literally every day, oh, I, God bless my children for that one. Ever since I told them, oh, come out in the morning, they just come before you and prostrate and put, give you their head. My daughter would just come, kneel before you, and put her head on your tummy. Then I put my hands on it. And I blessed them. The Lord blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Isaac said, I have sustained him with grain and new wine. He gave him the dew of heaven. He gave him the increase of the field. He gave him the increase of the vineyard with words. The course is studying in school. Waiting for what did Dan go to study? Who cares? Who cares? You know, in Nigeria, they'll be fighting. Do you have certificate? You don't have certificate. Who cares? The word is alive and active. When the word wants to fulfill itself in your life, you create a whole new industry that did not exist before that day. That's what the word does. The word will just come, create an industry that did not exist before that day. That the next two generations will be learning skill from your hand in that area. There's nothing, there's nothing haphazard in this world. Though. Nothing. Nothing. Haphazard. Everything is controlled by the Almighty. So if I want prosperity for my children, what do I do? Come. I won't tell you to study this course. You can study anything you like. Anything. I don't care. Just make sure you like it and you are good at it. After all, all you are going to do in university is to get educated. That's all. That's all. You can finish. And of course, the joy of my heart we said, Daddy, I feel like the Lord said I should join Kingdom World Ministries. Do you know? I'll be so happy. <laughs> I'm telling you. So go and keep go and join those who are, you know. And then the one, the one I hear that, maybe I'm passing by somewhere. And then you're sharing with the word with your friends. <laughs> you know, I will sit down there. And they say, yeah, that's my son. That's my no, that, what is it? Is it what is money? If, uh, if you want money, come. I lay hands on you, you'll be rich. Um, that that is not that's not good preaching. That's fact. My son came to me then. Say, what does it take to find prosperity? Something led to the discussion. Say, you want to know what, what, how you find prosperity? Say yes. I said, kneel down. I said, repeat after me. Dear Lord, dear Lord, oh that you bless me indeed. I'll make my name great and enlarge my coast and keep me from harm that I will not come near me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Get up. He got up. What next? I said, you have found prosperity. Now go and do your work. I gave him the prayer of Jabez. I said, repeat after me these prayers. Say in Jesus' name. I said, now go to school. Read normally. I said, you have just prospered. Let me use the words of Isaac. I have just sustained you with grain and with new wine. I have just given you the dew of heaven. I have just given you the increase of the field. I have given you help from strangers. Nations will serve you. People will help you. They will fall over themselves to do you favors. 
That's what I just blessed you with. What is all of this one of uh, go and study this course so you can become this? Where, listen, our help is in the name of the Lord. Do you know that? Where's our help? Now, let's quickly end it with this. What is the name of the Lord? <laughs> it is not Jehovah. The, the name of God is not Hebrew. I hope you know it's not Greek. Thank God the Greek doesn't even use too much of it. The name of the Lord is for you to recognize what he is to you. For example, let me give you the name of the Lord. He's your healer. Say amen. amen. Now, there are different kinds of doctors. There are doctors that treat leg. Treat eye. One man I knew was a hand surgeon. Only operating on the hand. There are doctors that all they do is operate on the back of the eye. There are doctors that treat all kinds of things. You know what the thing I found with all of them? For them, many things are impossible. <laughs> many things I can tell them. I mean, twice a week I attend meetings where they discuss impossible things. And like I said to you at that time, the most expensive treatments are usually ineffective for what they are treating. The cheaper ones are the ones that tend to work. Somebody has malaria, you buy medicine, 800 naira, malaria is gone. He has a particular kind of cancer, they give you this, what they call targeted therapy that costs maybe half a million naira a month for eight months, or nine months, or one year. And it just increases lifespan for like six extra months. That's human medicine, that's the way it is. But you know this God that is your doctor. You know when God came to Israel and he said, I'm the Lord that he led thee. That's Hebrew, the way of trying to bring it to English. You know what he actually said literally? He said, I'm the Lord your doctor. That's what he said. That is, if you want to get the, 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 eh? No, not direct translation. The spirit with which he spoke, trying to get the context and trying to, you know, assuming he was speaking English today. What he actually said, I am the Lord your doctor. I hope you're getting my point. <laughs> I'm the Lord, your doctor. You know, traditionally in Africa, we didn't have the word doctor. You know, we used to use it like traditional healer, you know, we stuff like that. So that's why we're not translated the Lord that he led thee. Whether you are using modern English, what he said literally, I am the Lord, your doctor. Now, this way he's different from every other person. With him, nothing shall be impossible. Where's the help of the believer? It's in the name of the Lord. It's a strong tower. That's where he hides. That's where he runs and he's safe. What, does, what do you do with the name of the Lord? You invoke it. That's it. What do you do with it? Invoke. Uh, I didn't hear you. Well. What do you do with it? Invoke. What do you do with the name of the Lord? Invoke. You invoke it all the time. You invoke it over every situation. You look at your eye, you know, in the morning, look in your eye, you see something in your eye. You know, ah, you can't call me a place. Who knows an ophthalmologist? What's wrong with you? Is that the first thing you will say? Who knows an ophthalmologist? Invoke the name of the Lord over the eye. Is it not healing we are looking for? Let me tell you something about invoking it. It's not uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. No, it's, it's, you know, he said, he that seeks shall do what? Literally, say he that seeks and continues to seek will find. He that knocks and keeps knocking, to him the door will be open. That you pull down the door with persistent knocking. What am I going to say? So it's not like uh, ah, the Lord my healer, Amen. No, it's fight. You know, in a quarrel. Yeah, that's a good word there. Did you hear that? That's a revelation. What did I call it? Quarrel. 
In the name of Jesus, no, yet you won't try that. Come on. The Lord is my healer. 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 The Lord is my, is fight. The Lord is my healer. The Lord is my healer. You wake up at night, you have that headache saying, yeah. The Lord is the healer. The Lord is my healer. With him, nothing would be impossible. Himself took my infirmities and my diseases. And by, my, by his stripes, I have been healed. No, I won't accept. In the name of Jesus, he is my healer. He is my healer. With him, nothing would be impossible. So the kingdom of God does what? So that's violence. There's one thing that I've read. It happens to me. It happens to many people. You know, if you get results for some time, you relax. Then when, it's, when it comes back, you know, like you want to get this quail. I didn't work last time. I like one thing Bishop said those days. He said, if you take Panado today, headache goes away. He said, does it mean you never take it again? I never forgot that thing. I know there's one thing, is it the reference? I said, no, not the reference. One of these men said, explained something. That life is not in you. Life is in Christ. Life is in the word. So that you can never disconnect yourself from that constant flow. The life is not in you. I hope you're getting my point. It's flowing into you. So there must be a constant what? Flow. So if you see that things are not working like health-wise the way they were before, what does that tell you? Not that it doesn't work. What does that tell you? The flow is down. Then we plug back into the flow and put on the pump and pump and pump until the pressure of life flowing into us is high again. This generation, we've taken the name of God eh, and kept it somewhere else. And what I'm teaching from today again is to remind us, God has a name. And what is his name? Is whatever he is to you. Let me remind us of this and I begin to close. Those days, Miles Moreau taught us something I never forgot. Never forgot. I learned this thing, literally, about 30 years ago. Many of you did not know Miles Moreau when he used to preach. Go and listen to Miles Moreau's messages when you're taught on potential, when you're taught on purpose. I used to have those things. They should be on YouTube somewhere. Yes. Go to when he was talking on purpose, potential. Those are messages preached around, when was that? 94, there about, yes. 94, 95. Purpose was, potential was around 94, 95 was the issue of um, this thing. No. Potential was around 93, 94. That 95 thereabout, when he started teaching us on, on, on purpose, may he help you correct your head quickly. One of those days he was explaining. That's what I wanted to share with you briefly. He said, when God said to Abraham, uh, to Moses, he said, who should I say send to me? He said, what? I am. The Red Prince said, what he said is this. Who are you? I am. What do I tell them? Said them tell them he is. Sent you. So that's the, the inflection in Hebrew. I am. I'm talking to you. When you get to tell them, he is sent you. Now, Masmoro said something like this. He said, what did this mean by that? He said in, that God is so big and is so great that you can't describe him in one word. So that God started a sentence and told Moses, fill it in as you go along. Did you hear that? I am. What is his name? I am. So Jesus came. What is your name? What's going on? They said we are hungry. I am the bread that came down from heaven. At that time he was satisfying a particular need. 
I hope you are getting my point. What is it I am? I am the Lord that he led thee. He said, when he gave him I am, he was saying that, look, where do I start from Moses? Where do you want me to end? I will give you the beginning of the sentence. We'll be completing it as we go along. So, you start hearing things like, remember the reprint told us about he is. When I start saying, he's that great provider. That song, never forget it. He's a great provider. Sing it with me now. He's a great provider. He's a great provider. What's the next line? He will surely provide for me. The great provider. Did you notice that? That is, economy will surely provide. Is that what it says? Buhari will surely. My job will surely. My uncle will surely. But he is the great provider. He will surely provide for me. That song is prophetic for somebody this evening. Amen. If you have any need when you get home, why are you, what are you doing sleeping in a hurry? Put music now and start dancing. That great provider. Call your wife. Call everybody. You dance until you sweat. You're not just joking. You are invoking we invoke, we invoke. It's a joke. You know, I said that our juju doesn't work because we don't wind it. You no, know, one of the things I do in the Bible, anywhere, I find the name of God described. He said, I am the Lord. I make barren women dwell in the house as joyful mothers of children. That's the name. It's a name. It's a name. You, what do I say? You invoke, you invoke. You are going to drive down a dangerous road. The news will fill your head. You know? Let me tell you something about news here. They remove faith. They remove faith. I've heard some news recently that they said, hey, I have to go and wake my faith up again. You all hear news like this. Look, one man of God said that, look, when you pray to God for something for day one, he hears you that day. Now, what does it take one week, two weeks, one year for him to answer? He said, because the next five months, six months, you are fighting unbelief. You keep on praying to wipe out unbelief. Because when you come to the point of full persuasion with God, nothing shall be impossible. Next line, nothing is impossible to him that does what? Who believes. So you have a lot of bad news. Hey, the boys are shooting people. Hey, somebody died the other day. Hey, please, oh, brethren, don't keep quiet. Oh, I never forgot that the day I contacted that deteriorated the three. I personalized it very well. One day my wife read this. Yeah, is that the way it is? He said, I said, no, that's my personal version. That is the one I recite. He said, there's none like the God of Israel who raised the heavens to help me. And through the skies in his majesty, the eternal God is my dwelling place. And underneath me are his everlasting arms. He has driven out the enemy from before me, saying, let destruction overtake them. He said, therefore, I will dwell in safety. And the fountain of my life, tabernacles in the land of grain and new wine. And the heavens over me doth drop down dew. Ha! Listen. It didn't say the economy is good. What did it say? There is none like the God of the Israel of God. He raised the heavens to help us. You know what? Nobody can stop him. No matter where you are, he will come and help you. See, our help is where? In the name of the Lord. The problem is that do we know his name really? Or we have given his name to other things. 
The problem in this country is that APs does not know what they are doing. No. The problem in this country is that we have not learned as the people of God to invoke his name and his blessing upon our environment. That's the problem. It is not an APC issue. I'm not, some say, eh, anything but APC. I said, that's what you told us eight years ago. And you have not learned anything. And if Christians continue like that, eh, listen, this is not a threat, it's not a, but it's a prophetic word, but it's a warning, so you cannot do it. If you put your name, if you put your hope in 2023, put your hope in any candidate, or they change your system, what we need now in Nigeria, young people. Have you ever heard that lie before? Let me just say it's a lie. Somebody said that all the people running for UK government, they are all below 50. I said it's a curse. You don't know. When children rule over you. Look at nonsense. Where, where are the elders in the land? People don't, you know, people be bragging on nonsense. <laughs> to have elders ruling is a blessing. Make it look like, uh, anyway, I told the president, I said, what is all of this rubbish you're telling me? How old is America you want to run to? What's, how old is their president? How old is Donald Trump? There was one call, is in Malaysia, one country that went and brought an, a 90-year-old man back. When they saw problems, they said, eh, eh, eh. the man was their president long ago. At the age of 90, they went and said, oh, God, Joe, come and help us. They brought him back to power. What's all this nonsense? Listen to me. The salvation is not in, you, in the youth. That's what I'm making. It's not in the old, it's not in the youth, it's not in anybody. Salvation is where? In the name of the Lord. Said, I have sworn, and the word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness, and will not turn back. That to me, every knee will bow, and every tongue will swear allegiance. They will say of me, only in the Lord are righteousness and strength. That's it. So if the church continues all this thing they are doing, everybody gets your PVC. We are going to come and say, but I said, this is how you, next four years, now your suffering continues. NYSC. Yeah. But you know what? If we con- listen to me, people of God, if we constantly invoke the name of the Lord, listen, let me say it again. Whoever will not do the will of God, Aso Rock will reject him. Amen. It will vomit him up. Amen. Remember, God does primary. No, we do primary, secondary, and the Lord does what? Tertiary. We can win an election. Come and sit down, there's another story. How long you will sit is another story. So if you don't do what God is saying, let me see people can be angry from now to tomorrow. I will say something that will annoy a lot of people listening to. No, those of you listening to me, you will never get angry with me. Because you love me, you, under, you love what I say, it's why you are tuning in. But a lot of your friends out there, they will be angry. You know the only reason why President Muhammad Buhari is still alive and well is because God says he's doing what I said. Say, but that's your problem. Maybe I sent him to go and punish you. Is, is he, you don't know. <laughs> It's your problem. And let me just give you a matter of fact. Many of the things you are complaining is not, is not responsible for it. It just is incapable of handling them. And instead of us to give him our faith, what we do is charge the air with unbelief. We charge the air, make it toxic, making it impossible for him to do anything right. And that's how some of us, that people are here complaining. I feel like telling them, say, all my life, I've known you for 30 years. You have never said anything positive about any government in your life. Does that not tell you something wrong with you? Think about it. For 40 years, you have insulted and criticized and cursed every government over you. You should know that now that you are a sinner. Because either the government were good sometimes and you are too blind to see, or they were bad perpetually, which means that God sent them to injure you. You are wicked. 
Because if you were good, God would have sent one good government for your sake. Make, your, make up your mind which one is your portion. Like I said last time, all things are mine. Did I hear you say that? Say it again. Say it again. We are saying on the behalf of the church. Say it again. Let's use the word ours this time. All things are what? Ours. Say it again. All things are ours. Every government in Nigeria will do us good. We invoke your name, O Lord. You are the governor amongst the nations. That's it. We invoke your name over the seat of government in this nation. Every government in this nation will do us good. Every government in this nation will bring justice. Every government in this nation will bring prosperity. Every government in this nation will manifest the mercy of God for us. In the name of Jesus Christ. Anyone that will not cooperate with what God wants to do in showing us his mercy, the seat of government will reject him. In Enugu, it will reject him. In Abuja, it will reject him. Anywhere where we are affected, anyone that will not work with God, you stand rejected in Jesus' name. That's our job as believers. That's our job. Not whining and grumbling. Let us to our feet and invoke the name of the Lord over two areas. I want us to do that. There are three we are going to do. Well, let's see how, we can go, how far we can go today. We are going to learn it. Invoke the name of the Lord over your finances, your provision. Forget your job. Where you go to work is where you go to bless. What did I say? Say it again, where I go to work is where I go to bless people. Listen, it's not where your needs are met from. Your needs are not supplied from there. That is where you go to bless somebody. Oh, do you know the truth? I pray we understand it. There's a way you will get that revelation. Eh? You will enjoy your job so much, you won't know how much you are earning. And all your needs will be supplied. For one moment, please, everybody, close your eyes. Everybody, shut your eyes, every single individual. Think of something you need, not just one fancy, something you need, not something you just want to play with, you really need, but you can't afford. For that reason, you don't have it. Just think of it. Think of it. You have about 30 seconds to think of it. Just think about it. Something you really, that is, it's critical, it's important, but you don't have it because you can't afford it. Your, your life and your work may actually require the phone far better than the one you have right now. I say, no, I can't buy that particular one. I can't afford it. How much do I earn? Just think about that. Have you done that? Okay? Now, ask God for that thing. Now, ask God. Say, Lord, this is, I need it. You know, I, I can't get it from the work I earn. I don't, the job, the money I'm earning. I'm a student, self. <laughs> Nobody's giving me anything, really. I'm not. So, Lord, I want to ask you for it. Someone, you can ask God for, 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 you can ask the Lord for a car. You run a business. That requires to have efficient mobility. Yeah, you use KK, you use taxis, good, but you know it would be better if you owned your own car. At the rate they are selling these cars these days, <laughs> I wanted to ask the Lord, say, Lord, give me this. Don't speak any tongo. I don't want to hear you. Speak the language you understand. I said, Lord, this thing, I just say simply to him, see this one? My house has two bedrooms, I have three children. My mother comes to help us. We have a living maid. The two bedrooms are not enough. Lord, I think four bedrooms will be perfect. But right now, they are renting such for a million naira a year. At least around the area that I live. If I put all my income together in one year, it comes to a million naira. So I still have to eat. I still have to do other things. So I can't use that income to say I want to pursue that. 
But Lord, I want to ask you for that four-bedroom apartment. You are the supplier. Many of us, he has not been able to supply because we have fixed, we have limited him to what we can do. I'm supposed to go for a course, important for the work I'm doing. If I go for that training for one month, two months, my ability to produce will increase. <laughs> but the course fee, apart from accommodation and transportation, a loan is three months of my current you know, earning. So by my own estimate, I can't handle it. Lord, I want to ask you for the skill that is gotten from that course. I would like to attend it. Ask the Lord. You know, ask the Lord for something. You know, the problem, we don't ask. There's the problem, we don't ask. We don't ask. We, we are so limited by what is naturally available to us. I want to even stretch this for some people. You need to rest. You have labored hard. Ask the Lord for place to rest. Space to go on holiday. Somewhere comfortable. Say, Lord, do this for me. Ask him. My children don't check how much they earn when they come to make their request. What concerns them is whether daddy will be willing to do it. They believe I can do almost anything. How much they earn has no meaning. The daddy I saw an envelope that my son gave to me. Money that, you know, dash, you know, grandfather dash money, auntie dash money, those kind of things. Christmas time. It's been there forever. I found the way I tossed it and forgot it there. You know why? He has never needed the money. He has never needed the money. Why? Everything he wants, he walks up to the daddy, he walks up to mommy, and he will ask. Daddy, my wife went shopping. They, they, they didn't ask. She bought them so many things they did not ask for. Why? Let's just explain it this way. She can afford it. They don't care whether they can afford it. I'm telling you, your father can afford that thing. Your father can. So take your eyes away from yourself. And focus your eyes on your father. He said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. It's according to his riches, not according to your riches. Ask the Lord for something. Ask the Lord for something. Put it in your hand, next prayer, on a place that hurts. That you need healing. Say, Lord, take the pain away. You are my doctor. That's it. I've told you, make an appointment with the Lord. Sometimes tell him, Lord, I will see you at 1 a.m. Go and sleep very early. Let everybody else go to sleep. Then you wake up. Wash your face, brush your teeth, take a chair, sit down. And say, Lord, this is the issue. I have this breast lump. Scares me to death. I don't want to go to hospital to go and check because I am afraid. Just say it like that. Don't stop professing faith you don't have. You are in front of the Lord, though. The only faith you have that's important is that you came to Him. The only faith you have that's important is that you know He's the one that can do it. The only faith you have that is important is that you are depending on Him. Tell them, they say, My kidneys are not working well. It's beyond me. <laughs> they said they have to get transplant. What kind of transplant am I going to get? Lord, why don't you heal it? You are the Lord that heals. Give him that name. You know, that is a problem. We have given his name to somebody else. How you manifest your healing? It varies. I don't start discussing that now. But he will. He will. 
Please, when your children are sick, lay hands on them. I'm not saying, look, I give my children, you know, anti-malaria sometimes to, some to reduce the fever. I'm not saying I don't do that. But I never do that I can remember in my life without laying hands on them first. Because <laughs> what you call think is malaria fever. Sometimes that's how leukemia starts. If you don't even want to think about that, lay your hands and say, Lord, heal this disease. Heal it. Heal it. You are the Lord, the healer. We're going to declare his name again next time. But let's again ask. Say, Lord, keep me in my going and in my coming in. Let no evil befall me. Because you are my shield. You are my high tower. You are my fortress. You are my defender. You are the security around me. I'm going to read that, read that for you from Psalm 121. It's one of the ones I love so much. You can just use to pray. Don't just say amen. Repeat it when I read it. Personalize it. If I do sound like I'm prophesying with it, personalize it. Your help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Say to yourself, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He who keeps you with not, does not slumber and he does not sleep. I declare to you that the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. You will never be homeless or be without shelter. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will watch over your soul. He's a keeper of your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. Personalize those words. Magnify the Lord with me, David said. Let us exalt his name together. Say it, he's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God in whom I trust. He's my place of safety. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. Think about it. The picture is that of a big bird covering the chicks. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. The Lord will keep you from the terrors of the night, protect you from the bullets that fly by day. From the deadly disease that stalks in darkness. You may hear news of multitudes falling around you, but none will come near you because the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your refuge. The most high is your shelter. For that reason, no evil will befall you. No plague will come near your home. The Lord, the keeper, the Lord, the keeper, his angels are mighty. They excel in strength. They obey the voice of his word. And this is what the word says. He will give them, his angels, charge, commandments to protect you wherever you go. The Lord is the bulletproofing of your car. 
is a shield around your house. His angels are armed. You see, they are more terrible than mobile policemen, than soldiers. Nothing can fly past them. And they surround you everywhere you go. I remember my friends describing the story when he was terrified and he went to pray. God opened his eyes and he saw the angel that guarded his door. Said the guy was so big, his head touched the ceiling. It was so broad, he blocked the door, not even air could pass through. And he saw it with his eyes. And the spirit said to him, that's your guardian angel. There's nothing to be afraid of. And what I say to one, I say to all. Give the Lord thanks. He's our protector. He's our shield. We lift up. That's, how, that's where our help is. The Lord will keep you from all harm. Say amen to that. Amen. I declare to you, it is well with you. Amen. It's well with you. Amen. It is well with you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.